Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. (laughs) Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, so far away, friends. Right. I miss you. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. I want it to stop. Me too. Corona can suck my big toe. Not the Cheeto. The (laughs) The big big toe. toe. The non-pedicured toe because my nail salon's closed and she can suck it. (laughs) That's how I feel about that. But how are you guys? Do you want to be uplifted during this time of great not uplifting? (laughs) Basically, uh, Great Depression 100 years later. The great not uplifting. Uh The great not uplifting. (laughs) The Tiffany story. Oh, no. But it was real pretty. It was a beautiful spring, but you couldn't do anything about it because you were stuck indoors. (laughs) How she went from like perpetually positive to annoyingly perpetually positive. I have been annoyingly dark during all of this, so I'm trying to uh, fix that. (laughs) Put a little pep in your step. Yeah. I'm going to get hug tackled the first time I see y'all again. A thousand percent. Sorry. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's distract Rebecca, okay? From the hugs. Yes. The great incoming snuggle fest that is going to be our reuniting. (laughs) My stomach just dropped. (laughs) It's fine. Mine too. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. uh, Do either of you know who Sophie Frederic Auguste is? The hills are alive with the sound of music. That's the right, like, kind of geography, sort of, same area-ish. Um, okay. But no. <laughs> Wasn't the sound of music in Austria? Yes. Cool. I was thinking Germany. That's <laughs> close, right? I'm really bad at geography. <laughs> but it's the same-ish, so we're good. But it's not Germany. Well, okay, so it starts in Poland, modern-day Poland. Catherine II, also known as Catherine the Great. <laughs> Damn it. I know what this is. <laughs> That's all it took was a name drop? Oh, yeah. She's expected this for a while now. I know exactly where this is okay. from. Shout out to Tawny Plattis for introducing us to this. And yes, Ashley, we are talking about that, but we're not going to say what <gasps> is that this, is. Wait, wait, is this what we listened to while we were all in Nashville together for the yes. first time? <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, good. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Catherine II, also known as Catherine the Great, was born in Prussia, modern day Poland, on May 2nd, 1729 to Prince Christian August and Princess Johanna Elizabeth. They rolled over a small principality. I'm not even going to attempt to say it because it is a Russian-German name and it's a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A Russian-German, a foreign? How about let's just go with a foreign name? So she becomes Empress of Russia. So I said Russian and I was like, wait, no, it's German. And then I remembered it's modern day Poland. So we're just going to sweep it past that. Okay. It's fine. (laughs) Growing up, her mother had little interest in her, possibly because of the traumatic birth, but who knows? She focused all of her attention on Sophie's little brother, Wilhelm Christian, until his death at the age of 12. Sophie, in her mother's eyes, was merely a means to climbing the social ladder. What? Yeah. She didn't have the best mom. There was one source that said her mother may have let her uncle have her way with Sophie, but I couldn't find that elsewhere. So, But she brought Sophie to court merely in hopes of finding a suitor, which Sophie was not opposed to because marriage was an ideal escape from her controlling mother. 
I mean, fair. Right. Princess Johanna had a connection to Empress Elizabeth and arranged a visit to St. Petersburg to meet with her. Now, through her mother's side, she was related to the Dukes of Holstein. And Elizabeth's nephew, heir to the throne, was Karl Peter Ulrich, Duke of Holstein-Gottorp. Yeah, nailed it. Basically, heir to the throne. You said two words very <laughs> impressively, so I'm just going to follow you Thanks. blindly. Now this, heir to the throne, was Sophie's second cousin. So Elizabeth needed her heir to get a wife and produce heirs himself. What a perfect match. Ta-da! Keeping it within the family tree. I mean, that's what they did back then. So, okay, but like, serious question How did like royal family trees not just become tumbleweeds at that point? Like the royal family tumbleweed. Well, you grab a tumbleweed from Spain and a tumbleweed from France and then a tumbleweed from Russia and Prussia. And it's just like a tumble, what's bigger than a weed patch? An (laughs) incestual tumble orgy. Don't like that phrase. (laughs) Well, it's staying in. <laughs> Much That's like the <laughs> Oh God, we're the best. Okay. So at some point after meeting the Empress, Sophie becomes ill. Her mother requested a Lutheran priest to come bless her child, but Sophie, already using her political prowess that we will come to know, was appalled. <gasps> Gasp. Right? Quote, I do not want any Lutheran. I want my Orthodox father, because the official religion of the day and the Empress's religion was Russian Orthodox. So this pissed off her parents, but it pleased Elizabeth. The Empress was also a fan of bloodletting, so Sophie did multiple sessions of bloodletting to win favor with Elizabeth. So to help ensure the relationship with Grand Duke Peter, Sophie converted to Russian Orthodox and changed her name to Catherine. So August 21st, 1745, at the age of 16, Catherine marries Russia's Grand Duke Peter, aged 17. I was actually really impressed that they were so old. How old was she? 16. Mm -hmm. And he was 17. You are 16, going on 17. (laughs) Take care. Bringing it back. you, my cousin. Perfect. Thank you, honey. I needed that. So let me start by saying Catherine was an educated lady. She enjoyed reading, arts, music, culture, the like. She spoke German, French, and Russian. So she was ready to have a relationship that engaged the mind as well as the heart. And the body. That would be great. Unfortunately, she had none of that. Oh. Yeah. No, they had no physical attraction to each other. And I read one thing that said, even though she was unfortunate in the looks, she had a great brain. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, She's got a great personality. (laughs) So the Grand Duke was said to be immature and juvenile. He would rather play with toy soldiers than spend time with his wife. He's remembered as... uh, Ashley's like, fair? Yeah. Understand. I like to play sometimes. Well, that sounded inappropriate. (laughs) But like at the same time, like boys just get bigger toys. Truth. He was said to be neurotic, rebellious, obstinate, and alcoholic a fanatical worshiper of Frederick II of Prussia, which was Empress Elizabeth's foe. What is what is obstinate? Obstinate, um, I tell you to go clean your room and you say, fuck you, I'm going to go eat a pie. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but kind of like defiant, yes. I guess. Okay. That was the word I couldn't think of. <laughs> I like the pie better. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to go eat a pie. I didn't make us 30 minutes late to record because I was making a cinnamon roll. That is not applicable to me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't watch you do that. Uh-uh. I didn't either because I was doing my notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lots of things have changed for quarantine. That is not one of them. She is nothing but consistent, ladies and germs. Uh, So Catherine didn't mind this, though, because neither one of them was attracted to the other. And in fact, they both had lovers on the side, as a lot of royals did in the past. I'm saying in the past because Prince William would never do that to Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't realize you followed the royal family. I, I don't, but I get a special like joy in my heart when I see them. Okay, so I read one source, or maybe it was one of the sources I listened to. Big shout out to Tawny Plattis with, I think now it's Death is Hilarious, formerly Dirty Bits, because Rebecca introduced us to it, and it's amazing. But I think she said that Catherine even got permission from the Empress Elizabeth to have the lover on the side, but there was still the issue of an heir. So nine years after their marriage, Catherine gave birth to the first of four children, their son, Paul. Empress Elizabeth took over raising the child shortly after his birth. I think she also did this with their second, which was a daughter named Anna. But I don't go into the children much at all. Actually, that's the last I'm going to say. Maybe there's one more note. I don't know. What are notes? Roll Uh, the dice. Let's see where this podcast goes. It's not known if Paul was Peter's son or if he was Sergei Salkov's child. And that was um, her first lover. Ah, Isn't that a a Bible thing, Peter and Paul? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So Peter claimed the child is his own and portraits show a likeness to him. Catherine, however, claimed Peter was impotent and the child was Sergei's, but we'll likely never know. But the first one wasn't? Yes. Well, in fact, my next sentence, in fact, Catherine claimed all three children born while married to Peter were illegitimate. Oh, well, you know, get it, girl. Right. But Peter and Elizabeth said it was the heir. Paul was the heir, so it's fine. Which there was one thing that was like, why would he not, you know, say it's illegitimate and then he could file for divorce without any backlash and then marry his lover? But I don't know. Maybe I, I, I have no clue. Anyway, Elizabeth of Russia passed away on December 25th, 1761, leaving Peter the Third as emperor and Catherine the Second as empress consort. Peter was not fit to rule and Catherine was determined to do something about it. As Peter made no attempts to hide his hatred of Russia or his love of his native Prussia, assembling support to overthrow her husband was an easy task. It was rumored that Peter was also looking to end this relationship and he had plans to divorce Catherine, move her to a covenant and marry his lover. Oh, right. Force. Can we say get it, girl, real quick? Oh, just give me a few more sentences and I've got hashtag goals. Okay, hold on. So she wanted to divorce him and go to a covenant? No, he wanted to divorce her, send her to a covenant, and then marry his lover. Oh, but he couldn't send her to a covenant because she had children and was divorced. They wouldn't have accepted her. Well, maybe he's not a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever thought of that? (laughs) No, no, I didn't. Thank you for uh, covering that for me. And maybe the rules were different back then. I don't know. Or maybe this plan wasn't thought out. See? Back to my initial point. Not a smart man. I have a big head and little arms. Well, thankfully, Catherine, on the other hand, had a better plan. Her lover at the time, because she got rid of Sergei. What's his name, Sergei? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sergei. (laughs) Her lover, Gregory Orlov, one of three while married to Peter, was a Russian lieutenant, which means she had the support of the army. She had the support of court and public opinion, since Peter was basically the epitome of what not to do as a leader. And she had the support from aristocratic society because of her liberal opinions and cultivated mind. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I miss you guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
On June 28th, 1762, he had gone like away for vacation or something when he came back or while he was away, she worked with the supporters and she was able to have Peter arrested and he signed his abdication letter. I guess like they threatened him and he signed it after only six months on the throne. This bitch said, no, I'm the sole ruler of Russia. And everybody said, cool. Hashtag goals. Hell yeah. This uh, Catherine the Great, like, so there was some negative stuff about her and I was like, I should put that in here too now i like her and i'm just gonna roll with the positive <laughs> now eight days after his arrest alexi orlov her lover's brother killed peter this was not part of the plan Catherine had put together but it happened and now we're moving on <laughs> so, oh okay most historians believe she had no part in that like that wasn't part of her initial plan she just wanted him arrested and out of the way and to move on with her life but, but you know same thing he's out of her hair but he will never come back this time no drunk dialing that ex get drunk bring me my quill <laughs> and the closest pigeon <laughs> the closest pigeon <laughs> yes Oh my god, that'd be awful. Can you imagine like drunk writing someone a letter and like sending it and then like for weeks not knowing? <laughs> and then, like three weeks later later. Oh my god. That's like being left on red for three weeks. <laughs> you just have to hope when it arrives that they had been hitting the mead. Right. <laughs> they have been hitting the mead. They they accidentally trip and throw it into the fire after reading it. Oh, no. Or they hit you back. And it's just like this beautiful cycle. Oh, my God. Sexting back there must have sucked. Well, so no, they hit you back. And it's another three weeks before it gets to you. And by that point, you're like, bitch, I was drunk. And you are my ex for a reason. (laughs) So back to these notes. Her relationship with her children was almost non-existent. She took no part in raising them and did everything in her power to keep her son Paul from taking the throne. She ended up raising his sons as Elizabeth did with her first two children and had plans to make her grandson Alexander the next ruling emperor. Much to what would have been her disdain, Paul I became emperor upon her death. So that's the history of Catherine the Great. Very brief. We are just going to like move past that. I just did that so you have a a basis of where we're at. Oh, wait. No, there's a little bit more. Sorry. (laughs) God, I'm good at this. Uh, Her impact on Russia. So Catherine the Great was the longest ruling female leader in Russian history. Is. Did I say was? She is. Nobody surpassed her yet. No female. She ruled from uh, 1762 until her death in 1796. And in that time, she made significant contributions to Russia, including bringing forth educational reform and championing the arts. She extended the country's borders through military might, diplomatic prowess. She pushed for the removal of capital punishment and torture and called for every man to be declared equal. Unfortunately, she didn't get too far with that last bit due to protests from the Senate. But having said that, Catherine opposed the institution of serfdom but tolerated it because she couldn't really get rid of it. Russia grew from a, quote, backwards country to one of Europe's greatest powers under her control. And St. Petersburg was turned into one of the world's most dazzling capitals. Theater, music, and painting flourished with her encouragement. She championed vaccinations. Get it, girl! Uplifted female artists, exchanged letters with leading philosophers like Voltaire, wrote memoirs, and penned the first works of children's literature published in Russia. All right. Boss ass bitch. I'm a fan so far. And that's all I'm going to do on the history of her. Then we're going to get into the cool stuff after a drink break. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Rebecca, would you make something up for us, please? Let's just say I know what's coming. (laughs) Shut, 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 shut. She needs a stiff one. (laughs) (laughs) 
how are you doing? Well, my husband just died, but besides that, I'm peachy. How are you? When my husband died in November 2019 of a respiratory disease, I felt extreme anxiety, fear, loneliness, depression, and isolation. In order to cope, I immediately turned to dark comedy. It was what my husband and I had used throughout most of his illness to make the tough times more bearable. Now, I want to share this coping skill with you on my podcast, Death is Hilarious. Join me, Tawny Plattis, my co-host Sam Peterson, and our guests as we talk about using stories, friendship, and lots of really dark jokes to cope with grief, loss, and trauma. For more information and to listen now, visit deathishilarious.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. So this is the part I'm really excited about. Well, okay, there's a piece de resistance that's at the end. But um, to lead into that, we're going to talk about some of her lovers. Oh, So it's rumored that Catherine took anywhere from 12 to 22 lovers. That's a deviation. Right. I think 12 lovers is from what we're going to hear later on. 12 is like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But some less credible sources say like 300 and up, but not even I believe those. That's a lot of work. I mean, I mean, not, not really. if you're the empress. Okay, fair. You just kind of like sit back and you're like, hey, that guy's hot. Come on in. Do your you work. You come here now. Yeah. So historians describe Catherine as taking many lovers. Um, however, from 1752 to 1796, a span of 44 years. Catherine was involved in 12 romantic relationships, with most lasting for more than two years each, and they were monogamous relationships. She was a serious, a serial monogamer. Wow. Serial oh monogamist. <laughs> a serious monomena. <laughs> but da da da. Do 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 do. Monogamist. Do do. Monogamy. So these aren't the numbers you expect um, from a raging, quote, sex maniac. Like England's Queen Elizabeth I, Catherine recognized that to marry meant to relinquish her power. So instead, she chose partners with whom she usually enjoyed a good working relationship. Some of those lovers. So, of course, there was Sergei, who we believe sired Paul, but that is not confirmed. Nor denied. Nor denied. She gave support to him both with the military and financially and while he was trying to become king of Poland. So while she was married to Peter... She had Sergei Alexander V. I will have all of these on the blog notes, but you guys, Russian names are hard. So you think? <laughs> and Stanslow August P. Oh, and Gregory Orloff. So he was the Russian nobleman who helped her assume power after her husband's death. So the thing about Catherine as I go through these lovers is like, she had a lover. They were monogamous. It was great. She had fun. And they usually parted on good terms. And when I say good terms, I mean like she made one of them a prince. She gave one of them 100,000 serfs. She bestowed wealth upon them and like gave them land. She was the ultimate sugar mama. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) She was like, I'm bored, 
but here's the deal. I still love you. So you go do your thing. Catch you later. Right? This was fun. Thank you so much. Here's a nice uh-huh. parting gift. And you know. But he is catching my eye currently. So you got to go. Exactly. <laughs> So, with Gregory Orloff, uh, she promoted him to the rank of count, and some sources say she considered marrying him, but did not. Then there's Gregory Potemkin. Gregory Potemkin is her soulmate, the love of her life. He is just the piece de resistance to her. I've said that a lot today, and I really like it. So, he was a minor noble uh, who distinguished himself through military service in the Russo-Turkish War. And that's when he and Catherine got together and he became one of the most powerful men in Russia. He was what Catherine considered her equal. He was intellectual and ambitious, and he advised her on a lot of politics. With Potemkin, they masterminded the colonization of southern Russia, annexed Crimea, and founded the Russian Black Sea Fleet, which became one of the most powerful naval forces in Europe. So all of that's well and good, but apparently he possessed, quote, elephantine sexual equipment (laughs) elephantine sexual equipment that is an adjective (laughs) (laughs) so great that Catherine allegedly had his quote glorious weapon cast in porcelain to provide companionship while he was away hold up in porcelain I mean a porcelain I mean that's not, I, I'm curious how they cast something in porcelain because that sounds painful. It wouldn't be that hard. You why? Oh my god! Why did my brain immediately know what happened? What is wrong with you, brain? No, you just make a mold. I mean, okay. So, side note: you make a mold out of unfired clay. Oh, okay, yeah. And you then fire pour the, the porcelain clay, in there, and then you make the porcelain mold. Okay. Why I knew this? I don't know why be- I was thinking that she like fluffed him and then he just like dipped it in. <laughs> A vat of porcelain. I don't know why that was where my face, my face. <laughs> That's where I put my face. <laughs> no, it's like a former coworker of ours who had that tube in his back seat. Do you not remember that? We found the tube that was like mold up here and you just like stick it in and it like makes a mold and then you can. Did you really just censor yourself from saying dick or cock? Yeah. <laughs> His elephantine. <laughs> His elephantine sexual equipment. Oh my God. Next time you want to get busy, please tell Matthew to come hither with your elephantine sexual equipment. <laughs> or your. <laughs> or divorcing me. Your pigeon within the closest proximity <laughs> bring me my quill and the closest <laughs> pigeon <laughs> so i can describe your elephantine equipment <laughs> okay well you want to know what Catherine called it oh first of all let me just say there's no proof that this happened um it's just a rumor but i liked it it happened uh Catherine called it quote golden pheasant Oh, wait, no, 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 no. That's what she called him, not his dick. (laughs) (laughs) My bad, sorry. (laughs) What is happening? Tiffany's week to present. That is what's happening. So she called him her golden pheasant and quote, twin soul. She once wrote to him, I love you all the time with all my soul. So this was her soulmate. 
she commented on like his unusual sense of humor and how just like being with him was, you know, just fun and the best. Simply the best. The best. Because I'm trying Better to find where I'm at my notes. All the rest. <laughs> so <laughs> when Catherine left Alexander for Potemkin, she wrote to a friend, quote, why do you reproach, reproach me? Because I dismiss a well-meaning but extremely boring bourgeoisie in favor of one of the greatest, most comical and amusing characters of this iron century. Oh, those are strong words. And not just because she, she said iron. and century (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable (laughs) we haven't even gotten to the best part yet right I know their relationship did end um, around 1776 but he remained a very close friend and actually helped pick out some of her next lovers and he earned the title Prince of the Holy Roman Empire because of her. I want someone just to bestow a title upon me. Right? So he ended up dying at 52 and Catherine was just like beside herself with grief. She wrote to her friend, a terrible death blow has just fallen on my head. My people, my friend, almost my idol, Prince Potemkin of Todrida has died. You cannot imagine how broken I am. She never really had a great love after that. Said she chose handsome, young, politically insignificant men as lovers, and they were likened to, quote, kept girls. So, oh, so they weren't exciting enough for her. Yeah. But amongst these people like Ivan Rimsky Korsakov, he was a lover for a short time. He was a classic beauty. He liked singing. Um, He had a reputation as a good lover. And it would have been fine. But I said Catherine was monogamous. Ivan was not. (gasps) Gasp. Right? So Catherine had this friend. I cannot pronounce this, but it's like Preskavija something. This dear friend. She was like her handmaid, like right there all the time. Close friend. And she would be the test driver for Catherine. Catherine was not going to be bedded by a man who did not know what he was doing or who Uh-oh. was not elephantine. So she had her friend test drive. Lucky friend. Right? That's one hell of a resume. Dude, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, as far as gigs go, there are worse. You get to live in a palace. You get to be best friends with boss ass bitch. And you get to enjoy the company of her chosen keepers and probably some that weren't chosen because she probably slept with them and then was like, no, not worth your time, Catherine. Well, this one apparently was worth the time, so much so that her friend and Ivan kept a relationship going and Catherine found out and immediately removed them both from their courtly positions. So, oops. What position was that? Missionary? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not in Catherine's court. <laughs> Man, I really wish I could see Rebecca's face through all of that. Oh, that's great. Yes, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, all right. So then you've got some who were like given sweets at the Winter Palace um, after the relationship ended. There was one lover who received 100,000 serfs. The gentleman who became prince of what then became or what would later become Poland. So like she was kind to her lovers. As she got older, though, the men got younger, mostly in their 20s. She stayed around there. So like she's 60 years old. And then her last lover, Plantin the Z, was 22. All right. 
And not only was he our lover, but he became a prince. He had great wealth during their seven-year relationship and became one of the most powerful men in Russia during her reign. Okay. So, like, it's not a bad idea to be her lover. I'm a cougar. She's a cougar. We are cougars. Wouldn't you want to date a cougar, too? Be a cougar. Date, date a cougar. <laughs> Am I going to have to link that commercial again? Again? Have we, have we linked it before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great commercial. I don't know why people don't have it bookmarked. Can we just, like, have that constantly in the blog? We linked that in the um, <laughs> Timothy Dexter episode. Well, Mag- it's appropriate here for sure. Hot damn. There we go. I love the fact that I made Rebecca look up the Cougar commercial. Yeah, I had to look that up and then... <laughs> To be fair, it was really easy because, like, the first one that popped up was, like, obviously what Ashley was talking about. But at the same time, I did have to listen to 30 seconds of it to be 100% sure because I'm that person. And now that's in my head forever. You should be. Uh, I did forget to mention something about Potemkin. There are many rumors that the two secretly got married, but none confirming. Oh. Ooh, scandalous pigeon messages. I don't know. Scandalous (laughs) pigeon scrolls. Apparently, there were some really risque letters between the two of them, but they were in a book and you had to buy the book to read it. Yeah, fair. And as I mentioned before, I was finishing my notes as we were getting on here. So like that didn't happen. So donate to Patreon at... I do want to read this book. So I think we can have Patreon bonus episodes of us reading seductive pigeon scrolls. All right, I'm making a note right now to get this book so that we can to go do with that. our to go with our fancy letters that our patrons receive. Patrons receive patroni, pa- the strange yeah. patroni. We could also read fancy pigeon scrolls. I'm so down for this, so unbelievably <laughs> down. All right. So, given the fact that she was a strong, independent woman in the 1700s, there are more rumors than could be counted about her. Obviously, you've got the whole 300 lovers thing. She was claimed to be a nymphomaniac. She was claimed to be involved in bestiality, voyeurism, and even a love of, insert what I really want to cover, and we're going to get to in just a minute, so hold your horses. (laughs) Speaking of horses. (laughs) Oh my god, she got so excited, and I'm so sad we're recording right now. Oh my god, I'm so happy. I did not put this on my notes, but I'm really proud of that. I may type in here, hold your horses. We'll see. Anyway, so um, (laughs) there were a few themes of sexual deviance that were not invented about the Empress of Russia. The most common rumor, though, was that she died while having sex with a horse. I'm such a dingle hopper. I just got why hold your horses was so funny. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yup. Hide your horses. Hide your cows. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! All the animals in the stable. Oh no! <laughs> oh, sorry. So ha- wait, are you thinking about the logistics of it now? Yeah. Okay. So I had a lot of questions about the logistics of it too, but let me read this next question or this next sentence, and you'll understand. Supposedly, the harness that was holding the horse up broke during intercourse and crushed her to death. Well, that, that'll do it, I guess. And that answers a lot of the questions about the logistics, right? No. Not a lot, but some. I mean, like the, um, the you know, structure of it all, I guess. But like most animals are not attracted to human pheromones. Elephantine equipment. Less dramatically, she died of what historians believe was a stroke while in the bath. She was stabilized until the following day when she finally passed away. <laughs> And now what we are all here for, 
the I'm gonna say it again for like the fifth time, the piece de resistance. Could you say the penis de resistance? <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself, but it had to be done. <laughs> We'll keep you. <laughs> and so now for the penis de resistance, the sex dungeon. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. Rebecca is so upset. <laughs> yep. I'm so happy. <laughs> you guys. I can't even stop laughing to take a sip of my beer. A year ago Hello. when we were in Nashville, Rebecca let us listen to Dirty Bits season one, episode one. And this is what she talked about. And oh my God, it has played on repeat in my head since then. Thank you, Tommy. Oh. We love you. We do. We really do. So we're going to talk about the sex dungeon. And Rebecca, I apologize for your editing that has to happen because uh, this is where my notes are just kind of like, we'll see what happens. Free balling. Free balling. <laughs> All right. So this sex dungeon, you guys, I'm so excited. I say sex, sex dungeon, but really it's just erotic furniture. But we're going to go with the sex dungeon for a second. I like sex dungeon too. I've heard it referred to as an erotic cabinet. Because erotic foyer does not have the same ring to it. Well, it wasn't in the foyer. It wasn't front and center when he walked into her home. She was a queen after all. Exactly. You had to go into her secret chamber. <laughs> you had to get into her secret chamber. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh, not prolong Rebecca's misery. <laughs> so it was an erotic cabinet. You are correct. Decorated from top to bottom with deluxe pornography. The walls were adorned with wooden penises of all imaginable shapes and sizes. Paintings, which apparently depicted all sorts of sexual scenes. There were some that were like super hardcore. Some people said they were like bestiality ones, but nobody really knows for sure because they can't find it. I will get into that in a minute, but I don't I don't want to believe in the bestiality ones. So you've got furniture, chairs, tables, desk, everything was covered with this sexual stuff. So <laughs> this sexual stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about some of the pieces. There is a chair, and what I'm doing right now is just looking at the pieces, and I am explaining what is going on here. Are you going to have pictures for me to put in the blog? I will try and find pictures of this that don't have copyright issues, but if not, there is an article that I'm going to put. The article is fine. Oh, no, I'm going to try <laughs> to find copyright like, oh, God, free please, images. Just the article. Don't you worry. You are going to have to look at lots of these. So looking at this chair, with the back of the chair at the top, you know how chairs have tops <laughs> <laughs> and bottoms you <laughs> just explain a chair to us well i'm trying to like literally all three of us are like sitting in one <laughs> i'm okay. on a bench thank you so the top center of the back of the chair has a looks angelic like an angelic face but its mouth is open and there is a penis emerging from underneath it going into the mouth and it is very detailed and glorious. The top corners of the backing of the chair have round derrieres on there. And I'm penises I'm sorry. being inserted into them. Did you just Puff say derrieres. round derrieres? I did. We're fancy here. We're talking about empresses. 
The bottom of the backing of the chair in the center has the backside and thighs of a person, again, with a penis being inserted into it. So then Mm. we're going to go to the seat of the chair. (laughs) We're not even like halfway down the chair. I mean, I'm going to have to find an image because otherwise this isn't going to make sense. This is going to be in my Google history forever. Here, hold on. Let me send you guys a link. No. And this chat. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. Go to that link. Damn it. Uh. I hate the URL. I hate it. (laughs) Oh, no. Ashley, I'm going to email you real quick because you need to see this. One article, just while you're sending that, I found an article when you first, when we realized what we were talking about, and I pulled it up just to see if it was Catherine the Great, and it was, obviously, hence this episode, but... (laughs) The chair that you're talking about, they say, take, for instance, one chair that appears to be a classic Louis XIV on first glance. It has a straight back (laughs) covered in brocade fabric and features arms that link the back of the chair to the seat. But on closer inspection, the classical decorative flourishes are explicit depictions of various sexual acts. A pair of disembodied legs sits spread eagle on the edge of the seat while the angelic head of a woman graces the top of the chair back ready to perform a not so angelic act any brave sitter yes. best beware where they rest their arms oh, oh my god I, um, I don't know yes. i didn't go that far i got no rebecca's so uncomfortable what is happening <laughs> okay so the arms this is great this is real great i found the chair you found the chair okay so we're going back into the story now uh-huh. so these arms You have one woman on each arm lying on her back with her hands above her head, legs spread, with a gentleman pleasuring her with his hand and looking gazingly, longingly into her open wound. (laughs) (laughs) In betwixt her thighs. If you're wondering why (laughs) Tiffany's a podcaster and not a, you know, writer of romance novels. Her open wound? (laughs) Ew. Yeah, sorry. But that is one chair. Scroll down to the table, ladies. Oh, oh, you're not, you haven't even finished like covering this chair. Like he looks like he's. I said he was pleasuring himself with the other hand. Uh, oh, and he is. Both gentlemen are. She's keeping it PG. Do you want to look at it a little bit longer no, before we move on? I'm good. Should we share, copy a picture of this and just censor everything? <laughs> All of it would be fuzzy. <laughs> It'd just be a, a black and white fuzzy thing. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. (laughs) Enhance. 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 I'm so confused by this table. This table is glorious. Okay, so we're going to start. It's just a round table. Along the sides of the tabletop, though, you have alternating pictures. So you go from, you just see, it's like a Carvings, ma'am. And you see breasts all the way down to the derriere. And the legs look like they're pulled up like she's holding them by the knees. So you really only see butt back of thighs, breasts. And that is a different variation of that is alternating. Like you've got that, then another image, then that, then another image. This other image are a bunch of different types of dicks. You've got some soft, some hard, some up, some down, some, I I don't even know if they're circumcised or not, but some hairy, some not. So that's fun. Let's, Rebecca, your face is great. Let's talk about what's holding this table up though. The legs of this table, there's four of them, and all four of them are the same. They are erect peni. Is that the correct plural? Yeah. Penises? I don't care. Peni. Members. But the balls are breasts. 
And to hold up this table, they are all shooting out very powerful streams of ejaculation. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I want one. Dude, me too. It's amazing. <sighs> so then it goes through and it shows you closer images of what's going on on the chair. But if you look down two pictures, <laughs> you can see the devil performing cunnilingus on a woman. I think that's from the chair. Where would that be on the chair? Because I have I searched that chair over a but lot. But look, if you, do, if you scroll down, it says, pay close attention to the details. So it has the angel at the top or the angelic face at the top. Mm-hmm. And then that would make sense because if it's the angel and the devil. Maybe it's on the back of the chair because you don't see it anywhere oh, on the front. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because look at the third picture. Maybe that- it's a different chair. The third picture is a different chair because at the top of that one, you have the entire woman arching her back bending backwards and you can see but like you said maybe it's on the back of the chair maybe, maybe. that's like <gasps> but oh oh this chair is more glorious than i thought okay so the angelic face um opening her mouth for a grand surprise if you look at it closely shooting off the side of her are more penises didn't notice that before until just now i should have gotten bourbon and not wine you should have but that is what I want you guys. That's all uh, furniture I want you guys to look at. Ashley, don't read the article. So this is magnificent. Okay. And it makes me really happy. There are rumors that the walls were lined with erotic art. There was a rumor that the, she had erotic artifacts from Pompeii in there. Just like the coolest room <laughs> ever. But unfortunately, none of it survives today. Oh. So there's no way to confirm all of this the room or the furniture was discovered in her palace by a group of german soldiers during the second world war they were so blown away that instead of destroying it they decided to take photographs and these photographs are only proof we have of this room uh it was believed that the room was completely destroyed during the war there is somebody who reconstructed some of the pieces using the photographs so there's that to look at But some people believe that this is debunked because when the pictures were said to have been taken, Germany wasn't invading this area at the time. I think they said they got the pictures in 17, not 1740. Wow. Uh, Wow. 1940, but they weren't um, in St. Petersburg until 1741 or something like that. I can't quite remember the dates. But so this has been not really debunked, but kind of debunked. I choose to believe that it has not been debunked and that she was a freak leak and it makes me happy. <laughs> She's a super freak. Super freak. Super freak. Super freak. Did, super did you just say freak leak Yeah. <laughs> Have you never heard that song? No. All right, we'll put a link to it she in the blog. She didn't know who Mandy Moore was. Okay. You think she's heard uh, freak leak Let me put a note in here to add freak leak and cougar. You can Google that on top of the Cougar song. So that's why Catherine the Great is one of my new idols. And yeah, I love her. That's amazing. And I'm sorry this made you so uncomfortable, Rebecca, but... I I mean, I looked at the pictures. It's incredibly creative. Yeah, yes. it's beautiful. It's artistic. Incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of thought went into the construction of those pieces. And I can't think of other words to describe them that won't be taken inappropriately. (laughs) 
Well, I'll put a link to the BuzzFeed article that has pictures of the recreated furniture as well. Amazing. So you're welcome. I knew the moment you heard Catherine the Great, Rebecca would freak out. and She would not be happy You about did not that. disappoint. So thank you. Yay, yay, oh thanks and you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, you really did bring this upon yourself, Rebecca. I just wanted to introduce a really good podcast to a friend of mine. I almost said good friend, but after this episode is questionable. <laughs> well, just imagine there's people out there that have done that for our show. Oh, you poor souls. Well, thank you for that trip into history, I guess. You're very welcome. Absolutely. I will time travel with you anytime, Tiffany. That was amazing. Thank you, honey boo. One thing. So when we first listened to this episode, we had a discussion about how maybe Tiffany was Catherine the Great in a previous lifetime. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's still accurate. Yes. I feel like she's got her shit together more than I do. I should never be in charge of ruling anything. She was good at keeping appearances and having very questionable furniture made. So I believe in you, I guess. Awesome. You know, not everything has to stay 100% consistent throughout time. So it could be the case still. Valid. She got reincarnated and lost a lot of her uh, mental clarity. (laughs) It's fine. That comes along with the times. It's fine. No, you have your mental clarity. It's just very specific. (laughs) Very selective. (laughs) Through that. Oh, that was fantastic. Well, ladies. Can you say we're satisfied? I hate myself. (laughs) You've always left me satisfied. Smiling. (laughs) LOL, smiley face. And on that note. (laughs) Damn it. Hopefully we brought a smile to your quarantine. And remember, friends. Everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics, I guess you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Or you can share them with us on any of our social media. Where can they find links, Rebecca? On our website that I designed and put there for that reason that I... <laughs> yep. Welcome to quarantine, y'all. What is y'all. that website? <laughs> Theladiesestrange.com. This is going to be the entire quarantine, guys. I'm not going to remember I, my line. I am sorry. Do you want <laughs> Tiffany to take a picture of it and send it to you? No, this is more fun. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash theladiesofstrange. Keep it strange, my weird, weird kinky freaks oh oh real quick can i tell you what i titled my notes yeah sure instead of catherine the great it's catherine the kinky (laughs) bye guys goodbye